Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, Rockstars, welcome back to the show. My name is Dan. I'm your host of Agency Rockstars, and we are joined by yet another rock star of the agency world. His name is Seth Warby. Uh, Seth, first of all, hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. At- yeah, man. So, so listeners, Seth is a rock star. He has an agency and then a niche agency, which I love how that, like, that just seems so smart, but we're, we'll get into that branding and stuff like that. Um, but you are the co-founder and uh, managing partner of the niche agency cannabis creative group. I am. <laughs> uh, so that is, that is awesome. That is the niche underneath your bigger umbrella of champ internet solutions. So you had this agency and decided to like focus it on, on, on what audience and then brand it differently. Um, how did all, how did all of that work? Like, how did you get to that point? Uh, well, it's cannabis. We smoked a doobie and sat back and said, let's just, uh, this is fun. Let's market this. No, no, no. Let me step back. Uh, I've been at it for 20 years. Um, I got into the agency world, uh, at a young age and just loved it. I mean, I started playing with websites when, uh, when I was in high school into college and building them and playing with them. And then as Amazon was still a, uh, in, in a garage selling books and eBay was still pretty big, considered the perfect store where people were supply was meeting demand and Google was coming about. I saw an opportunity. I've always been an entrepreneur. So got into building sites uh, for myself and for businesses I was helping with and um, quickly got gobbled up into the SEO world. So I learned search engine optimization inside and out, work, did work with Pfizer, P&G, uh, A&E TV, the History Channel, some huge companies, um, and then got gobbled up again to start the search department for a large agency in Boston. Um, but around 2009, when the recession hit, started Champ Internet, wanted to help people make money, realized I was really good at the traffic. Uh, so figured might as well go for uh, go for it um, as an entrepreneur. So quickly realized that uh, you can drive people a lot of traffic, but if their website sucks, they're not going to do anything with it. So started hiring designers and developers. Um, fast forward 12 years and Got a team of 40 so people usually running around this office when uh, everybody's healthy and safe. And, uh, and we, uh, we get things done from anything from building the website and starting with the roadmap to helping people market all the way to retargeting and running their social media and really their day-to-day communications, whether it be their email blasts, drip campaigns, and things like that. But people always ask what I do. And at the end of the day, it's help people make money and, uh, and grow their business. So no pun intended, transition... Fast forward to three, four years ago, and in uh, my great state, as many others, the cannabis is becoming uh, legalized. Um, And we had been working with a few clients and realized quickly that it's tough to have a nonprofit attorney, a clothing store, and then a dispensary on your homepage when you're showing your portfolio of your (laughs) kind of breadth of services. Who do you work with? Well, you know, you got some buttoned up people wearing ties and some other, you know, other people, we've worked with blunt wrap companies. We've worked with CBD companies, all types of cool stuff over the last few years. But yeah. anyways, I'm a big golfer. And I saw a website out there that said helped over 700 golf uh, golf courses with their with their presence. And I said to myself, hmm, 
you know, once you've done a few, it probably becomes easier. Just like at Champ, we've done over 40 restaurants. And after you've done three, four, five, you know, they have a menu, they have reservations. You want to know if your ex-girlfriend who's gluten-free can go there or not. Oh, God, that's a pain in the butt. Let me tell you. <laughs> many times can you go to P.F. Chang's in one relationship? I think it ended it. But anyways, long story well, short. <laughs> my, my question is, your ex-girlfriend, you're taking her out to dinner? Anyway, that's a whole other. No, 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 no. That's, um, why, she, that's why she's the ex. But, but you learn, you know, so, so long story short, I'll push back to you. But, yeah, you learn the nuances. And cannabis was natural. I went to school in Vermont. I've, uh, I've been around it. For the last 20 years and as a medical card holder i felt um i knew the industry i enjoy it uh and i appreciate what it can do for people and i also know the marketing so by putting the two together with my team um we've become one of if not the largest marketing agency focused just on cannabis and in, in the united states yeah and it, it's funny that you said you like you the way you described it said uh you've got your your portfolio and all that you got your buttoned up nonprofit, your lawyer you know whatever and then you've got cannabis but in all reality like this isn't cheech and chong you're talking medical you're talking su- supply chain you're talking stores dispensaries i mean there's there's an uh, uh an entertainment side to it of course right mm-hmm. um but but you're talking like genuine businesses not just again not just cheech and chong <laughs> oh this is a billion dollar industry and we're just yeah. a, we're an auxiliary business supporting them one of my clients was uh previously the cmo at dunkin donuts um, you know, now he's running a dispensary, he's marketing uh, multiple locations. We have clients in multiple states. We have clients that have licenses to open over 70 locations. Uh, we just closed clients uh, this week in Kansas and Michigan. We have clients in Colorado and California. So it's got me going, again, pre-pandemic, all over the country to what I call the market research, which is fantastic. Because if you told me 20 years ago, I told my mom, I just bought a really good pot and they paid me to smoke their pot. She would have laughed at me. But anyways, you know, I've been to the largest grow field uh, in Colorado for CBD and hemp, which is really cool experience to see it from the ground up and how they're going to market their products. So anywho, long story short, um, yeah, picking a niche was a good idea. And there are other niches, like I mentioned, restaurants, and we do a lot of jewelry stores at Champ and a lot of retail and a lot of tourism. But uh, admittedly, we focused heavily on cannabis the last few years, and we've seen great success with it. It's budding, no pun intended. <laughs> right on. I can gotta, go gotta, on. <laughs> gotta grow that, grow that business, but we're gonna go ahead and roll it up. And uh, yeah, oh, I like that. I'm gonna, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big pun fan as well. So there you go. Um, Done a few so, of these. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth, how do you like? How does how does growth and scale look for you as an owner over the 12 years of your entire you know being an entrepreneur? Awesome question. So. I've always told not only my clients, but my my employees and anybody who asks about Champ and Cannabis Creative, um, you know, we've controlled our sales and our growth with our operational growth. You never want to, you know, I've, I've known for years that if we went out and hired a, a team of business development reps, we could grow rapidly. The challenge is, is then we'd fall on our face because our operations can't follow suit. So yeah. over the 12 years, you know, we've gone from me in my bedroom to four different offices to the one we're in today. Um, as we look to potentially knock down more walls and take over the more space, which is exciting. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, we try to hone it all in and we maintain uh, kind of a supply and demand within our organization. When we have a large supply of resources available, we'll go out and we'll do some marketing for ourselves and we'll aggressively try to bring in some leads. But for the most part, we've grown naturally. I, I find that if you do really good work, the word of mouth will will follow suit. And, uh, and it really has, 
Um, can't tell you how many clients we've gotten from, hey, Joe told me to call you or Brett told me to call you. Um, and, oh, I, I want what he has. You know, I want what she got. I, they go golfing with me and told me they made a lot of money. You know, do what you did for them. Do what you did for them. So anyways, long story short, um, how I explain it is controlled growth. Uh, and we're excited that as we move into the next decade, we're ready and been spending the last better part of three to five years preparing the systems for scalability so that we're not, uh, we're not required or not the word required, but I'd say, um, yeah, tied to certain people. We're setting up processes and have set up all types of processes and documentation and, and we're able to hire and train and onboard much faster and, and virtually now, which is new, but, um, exciting. Mm-hmm. And not nearly as sexy of an answer as like 10x your growth and a hundred times your this. And then it's processes, training, have things in place, operations. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, we could go 10x, but we would be out of business in in two months after because, you know, and anybody would be. You can't support that and have the right people, train them, have them know your language and uh, not just HTML when I say coding, but the actual language of your business. Everybody has a business language within their their organization. So anywho, long story short, yeah, it's controlled, but it's strategic. And, um, and we're, again, we've been booming the last few years and we're prepared to continue to. So it's exciting. Yeah. So Seth, let's, let's get a little story time. Uh, I'd love to, yeah. you, we talked a little bit about who you work with. So we'll, you know, all different facets from restaurants to cannabis to, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, but what's a favorite story in any of those industries that really highlights a specific way that you've helped your client? Great question. I, I thought you were going to ask me more about my exes, which is good. You didn't. Although <laughs> you never know who's listening. So. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, client experiences. I mean, they, they run the gamut. I, I think success stories are the best to speak to. Um, you know, I have one client that I met back in 2010. Uh, he was working at an equity firm and uh, had been put in as kind of the Bob's. You know, the Bob to go in and clean up the business. Um, and he quickly realized that on a one or two million dollar business that he could go get investors and he actually bought it from the equity firm and maintained us. Uh, we were working with the equity firm at the time. Fast forward 11 years, 10 years, 10 and a half years later, uh, he sold that business for a shy, shy under 40 million bucks recently in the last couple of months. And, uh, and, you know, and not to say we're a big part of that, but, you know, definitely uh, he ranks across the board for all his products. You know, he's a leader in the space online and he knows it. And I know it, you know, when I go out, he's in Oklahoma, when I'm out there visiting, you know, after around a golf or something, I mean, I got, I got carte blanche. I can go ahead and just grab a drink out of his, you know, put your feet up on my porch. It's just, you know, it's, it's a respect and a, uh, a mutual success that we've achieved together. Ultimately he's, he, he's reaped the benefits more than I, but at the end of the day, um, it's no, I, I kid, it's allowed my team to grow and, and learn and all that. So seeing a case study like that, and we have many of those, um, but one that stayed with us for the whole, you know, for a whole decade from, a five page, you know, dinky little about us site to, you know, over 5,000 products online that people can sort by different use cases and easily check out um, and seeing his orders <clears throat> go up into the seven figures on a regular basis, on a monthly basis. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal to see. So for me, that's a win um, from a unique experience, hanging out with clients. We've had some fun in the cannabis space. I'm not going to lie. It's a, like you said, there's buttoned up, but at some of these trade shows, you find out who people really are. And uh, I've had some really interesting uh, life experiences with, with clients at some of these events. Yeah. Our, you said, talk about trade shows. Now we're recording in early 2021. Are trade shows starting to come back in that industry yet? 
a little bit. They're trying because the trade show companies are dying off. They can't survive. Um, so they're trying virtual. They're trying uh, everything. You know, a lot of virtual webinars, a lot of the trade shows are putting on educational uh, material. And we're a big part of that. Myself and my co-founder, Josephine, are uh, out there speaking as much as possible about different things, whether it be marketing or industry related uh, topics. But at the end of the day, it's it's pretty beat up right now. I mean, people... We just got our invitation to the uh, our first one down in Atlanta, and I just we turned down the booth, even though we had one for free as part of our sponsorship. We just we're not comfortable just yet um, in that space, and we've had a lot of success. You know, this is going to sound funny, but the pandemic's forced us to eat our own, you know, our own food, and we cook up digital marketing for people. So in the past, we've been traditionally uh, doing that for clients. It's kind of like the cobbler who can't get to his own shoes. Well, we finally had time to to do some of our own digital marketing and uh, it's been way more successful and more cost effective than trade shows. So not to, you know, put a tidbit to give our company a call, but we're good at what we do. I've learned that firsthand um, the last 12 months um, doing it for ourselves. So that's been exciting, really exciting to see. And uh, I'm going to continue that for sure. Yeah. It seems really interesting to me, a unique scenario where like trade shows for cannabis makes sense, especially Mm -hmm. if it's you know, um, recreational, like you get, you got to try it. <laughs> um, or if it's, you know, CBD oil or whatever, face to face seems to be so much better than online. I'm not going to be able to check it out online. How do you take that in person for that particular niche industry and put it online? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're attracting customers the same way anybody else does. When somebody goes to a search engine, uh, you know, and this is my SEO hat's going to come on here and I'll, I'll do my educational spiel, but there's, there's two types of visitors. You have your industry visitor and your brand visitor. So, you know, and for, it doesn't matter what, if you're selling, you know, if you cut hair, if you're selling red widgets, if you're selling, you know, baseball tickets, you know, somebody's looking for something. They either know that what they want to find or they know who they want to find. So, you know, an industry relevant search term would be, you know, looking for a cannabis marketing agency or something like that. Versus somebody brand term, somebody looking for myself, Josephine, or for cannabis creative, you know, and looking just for us. So, you know, obviously it's important to always garnish the visibility for your own brand. But it's all, I mean, from a growth standpoint, uh, you, you all, you know, to me, the dream customer, the ideal potential lead is somebody who didn't know you existed and finds you, and it's not just via search engine, but finds you via these channels because uh, you were in a top 10 article or you were ranking in Google or they did something in social media and you popped up or so using those channels and bringing people through has been uh, very successful. Um, So anywho uh, with that in mind, um, you know, I'm seeing higher conversion rates, although if you can't tell, I like to talk and I miss the, I miss the in-person. I mean, yeah. Yes, trade shows, and you have the nail on the head. It's fun. The adult, the the rec use or the adult use um, trade shows are much different than the the B two B ones. Variety of people that are showing up at those those rallies, if you will, more so than a trade show. Although they are trade shows, but out front you have this cloud of smoke. At a B two B one, you don't have that cloud of smoke. Um, it's it is. It's all business. You have a lot of software companies. There are people that are running, whether it's marketing or point of sale softwares or. All the you have accountants, CPAs, lawyers. Um, not what we expected when we went to our first show, but it's it's fun. It's definitely a fun industry to be in. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what's one of the biggest pain points right now you see with your clients and in, in whichever industry you're talking about? 
Yeah, I mean, just technology in general. It's not a pain point. I think it's exciting, but it's always evolving um, and keeping up with it. So, you know, for us, my biggest thing, I when I started Champ, I had a, a professor I reached out to and she said, go get the iPhone. It was 2009. I think iPhones had just come out, and, you know, it was maybe version one or two. And I was like, why do I need to go get an iPhone? She goes, just stay ahead of technology no matter what happens as you do this. And at the time, MySpace was out. Facebook wasn't really big. Instagram, which was actually founded by a kid who grew up down the street from me in my hometown and went to my high school, go figure, two years younger than me. He's kind of a chess club type guy. But uh, but anyway, long story short, hey, good guy from what I remember. But anywho, um, long story short, social media was, you know, one of those things that um, hadn't really evolved yet and uh, and so on. And for me, the biggest challenge is that my knowledge from 20 years ago, although the theories remain the same, if it's good for the user, it's going to be good for the search engine. If it's good for, you know, you don't want to trick anybody with any of this stuff. If you're doing, you know, it's, I'll use the gym analogy because I'm out of shape. If I started going to the gym, I'm going to, even if I'm not doing it right, it's better than not going at all. I'm going to, I'm going to see some results. Um, so if I was doing it right and doing it often, I'm going to see a lot of results. So, you know, for me, it's keeping up with that. And, you know, fast forward 10 years from 2009 or 12 years, now I have a full social media marketing team. Doesn't mean I'm personally an expert in it. I understand it in the macro level, but I have a team of people that can get in and do it. So for me, the biggest challenge is just the shift in technology and making sure you keep up with it. And people don't realize because computers jumped so far in the 90s to the early 2000s that software is jumping further and further on an annual basis. It's almost like a decade at a time every year with the creation of the cloud and the ability of some of these tools. So keeping up with them. And offering them and being best in class in them is, is the biggest challenge. But we take that on and, and we meet regularly to, to keep everybody, you know, kind of up to speed. Yeah. Great advice. Stay, stay ahead of the technology. I love that. So I, I've got I got one more I'm going to get to in just a minute here, but I want to make sure, Seth, everybody who's listening, who wants to connect with you can do so. Yeah. Great guy. Sounds like a great story. Where do you send people to connect with you and Cannabis Creative and everything? Yeah. I send them to um, a cabin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we send them to a... <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? So our websites are the best way, obviously. And then you can email us as well. But uh, champinternet.com um, is Champ Internet Solutions website. And then cannabiscreative.com for the cannabis site. And either one of them, you can find us at info at champinternet.com or info at cannabiscreative.com or just go to our site and click the contact form. It's We build those for a living, so we have them for ourselves. <laughs> like you know what you're doing. Yeah, oh, oh, I figured it out at this point. 200 websites. Yeah. So I think I've got it a little bit figured out. Yeah, so. So Seth, um, you, you seem like an out-of-the-box guy, so this, this should be fun. I'm looking for wisdom and advice. Anything you've heard over the years that seems counterintuitive at first, but then has a major impact on your business once you implement it? I, oof, great question. Identifying your blue ocean strategy. So I had a, you know, a woman that worked for me for years, uh, and we rarely have people uh, that... You know, I pride myself on employee retention. I believe that leads to client retention, no matter what industry you're in. Um, and we do a fantastic job, specifically through the pandemic, haven't had anybody quit, leave, get fired, and we've actually added people. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, but with that in mind, uh, identifying your Blue Ocean strategy, she came in one day and read a book and she wanted to explain the book to me in five minutes and the whole company at the time. And at the time, I didn't quite understand why she was doing it. And now that we've gone through this exercise the last few years, and really identified who our ideal client avatar is. Not only do we do it, and that's what identifying your blue ocean strategy is, is figuring out where are you in that ocean and where do you fit in? You know, admittedly, we we came in second on a bid for, for 
a company in New York City, people have heard of Kind Food Buyers, for example. Um, not our blue ocean strategy. Had we won that, we could have handled it. But we, you know, a little bit bigger corporate, you know, than what we like to deal with the smaller, mid-sized business. Um, you know, we like to work with businesses that, you know, are pre-established and doing well. But a business of that size could, you know, like you asked earlier about operations, uh, disrupt our scalability when, you know, something like that comes through. So anywho, long story short, for for us, it's identifying that blue ocean strategy. And then now that we've done that, doing that with our clients. And I find that when I start with a client, they walk out and they always say, I've, I've done this before. I built a website, I've done marketing, but no one's ever talked to me or asked me the questions you just asked me. And I kind of look at myself and I go, all I asked you is who, what, where, why, and how. Yeah. Who do you want to sell to? Why do you sell them? How do you sell them? What do you want to sell them? How do you make your money? And if they don't give it to me, I just keep asking who, what, where, why, how until I get it. And uh, then it allows us to build a solution that does that for them. Yeah. So find your blue ocean strategy and lean into it. I didn't read the book. I'm just taking the, <laughs> the Cliff Notes version. The Cliff Notes version. She explained it to me, so she could have made the whole thing up. But I appreciate it. No, it's hey, there a, you go. It's a good book. It's on Amazon. I, I haven't read it, but it, I do know that it exists. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Seth Warby with uh, Champ Internet Solutions and Cannabis Creative Group. Seth, thank you so much for being a part of Agency Rockstars, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.